Jim and Marlene Reimer had a, a, obviously a devastating house fire earlier this week here in Steinbach. And Jim, if I could just ask if, if, if you can just take us back to uh, those early morning hours, I guess, of yesterday. Uh, tell us what you recall of uh, when you and your wife first learned of the fire and spotted the fire. Oh, wow. When I think back... I'm a deep, deep sleeper. My wife is the opposite. Um, she woke up, her dog was barking. He's in the far corner of the house, but he was barking. My wife heard that. She got up, she heard something outside. She looked out our bedroom window towards the driveway, and then she screamed to me, your truck is on fire. And I'm sleeping deep. And she said she had a hard time getting me to wake up. The dog is barking, the truck is on fire. And all of a sudden I wake up, and I, I look towards the window, and, uh, and just a bright orange glow out there. And so I went to the window, and oh my goodness, the, the truck and the van, just huge flames, and, and, and it was already starting to burn on the, the, the garage was on fire. And uh, so I went downstairs, I called 911, and sorry to say, they had me on hold way too long. I can't tell you how many seconds or minutes. I, I, it's just... It was a long time. There was even a little message, please hang on, somebody is going to answer. I don't know exactly the wording or what, but it, it was, I felt it was too long. But anyhow, they uh, finally got on, and, and I just told them, fire, 228 Hanover, a truck and a car fully in, 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 engulfed. And, uh, and then they asked me some questions, how many people in the house, and they asked me, are you, gonna, are you evacuating? I said, yes, we're evacuating. At that point, I didn't fear for the house for some reason. And I went upstairs and I told my wife, get dressed, we're going. And so we quickly changed, got dressed, and, and I put on my sandals and headed out the door. And Okay, first of all, I said, we're going out front. No, we've got to go out the back. Got to get the dog. Okay, we're going out the back. So we go out the back. Okay, well, we need to let people know that we're okay. And, uh, but we had to go out the back through the gate to the, the Splash Park and, uh, and out around Elmdale Drive, Elm Street, and back up Hanover so that... You know, an emergency people arrived, and of course, when they got to the Hanover Street, the police were there, the fire chief was there, um, and maybe fire equipment wasn't beginning to arrive, uh, I'm not sure, but I could see that the fire had actually begun to engulf the house, um, and I, I know we expected that. I thought, you know, they, it wouldn't spread that fast, or that they would get there, and they would douse the house really good, and then look after the fire, but yeah, these things spread a lot faster than you can imagine. And uh, so uh, I spoke with the fire, uh, the, the fire chief or the, uh, the police, and they were asking questions and stuff like that. The neighbors got a lawn chair from my wife across the street and gave her water and offered help to her. And she happened to be barefoot. I, I didn't realize that. She hurt her feet on the gravel when we were walking there. So they gave her, uh, gave her um, some sandals. Um, uh, my dog didn't have a leash, and, and I was, you know, concerned, you know, holding on to her, and so somebody went and found a leash for a dog, and they, they were great. Um, uh, yeah, the neighbors were all wakened and, and alerted, and, and uh, I don't know how much time had gone by, but yeah, it was um, unbelievable. I just, absolutely unbelievable. These things happen somewhere else, but they never happen here. What was the extent of the damage? What, what did you lose in the fire? Oh, my livelihood. Um, it started with the on the driveway with our camper, 
are trucks, uh, two company vehicles, a, a van and a, and a truck. Um, our personal vehicle happened to be at Cobra Auto getting repairs, so that was spared from the fire. But the fuel tanks, when they dumped, uh, it just totally just destroyed, like everything down to just bare wires and bare steel, just all my tools, all my materials, the shop was just total right off. All of my more tools and equipment in the shop, just there is nothing left of nothing. And I, I feared that my office was also totally destroyed, which is in the house, right, eight feet away from the garage, where the, the, the direction where the flames were going. But um, on later investigation, it was like the roof was totally destroyed of our family room. Um, and the, the section of the house where my office is, but water damage. So it, when I went into the office, there was actually, uh, I thought I lost all records and everything. Like I didn't really know where I am, what I've done in the last two weeks and stuff that I haven't invoiced. And my bookkeeper, she comes in on Wednesdays. Well, I had to notify her, sorry, you're not coming in this morning. Um, but, um, uh, and in the house, Actually, you know, after they led us into the house later on in the day after cleanup and after the uh, fire investigators had done their their uh, detective work to trying to find the cause. And, of course, one of the things they have to establish that it wasn't arson. And so th that was cleared. It was accidental. And uh, and so it uh, had to do with an extension cord and, and something on top of it that was pinching it. But anyhow... Um, uh, so um, our furniture, it, it looks like our furniture, if it was, you know, taken away, sanitized, clean, deodorized, if they can do that, um, nothing in there other than our bedroom. I mean, that's where we were sleeping. That's where we were dead to the world. Um, our, our, that, our bedroom was, was uh, badly inundated with smoke water, um, smoke water and heat, a lot of heat damage. Um, that was probably the, the most damaged part of the house. And that's, you know, when you're sleeping, that's the most critical part of the house. Um, those windows are just burnt right out and, and uh, quite something. But um, uh, our photo albums, um, they were downstairs in the dining room, sort of in the farthest corner from where all the activity was. Uh, and we got tons and tons of photo albums. Um, we love memories. Uh, we've had so many awesome memories. Uh, those we've, we've uh, been able to save and uh, they didn't even get any water damage so we were lucky with that because there's, they've hacked holes in the roof all over the house and most of the water damage is upstairs and the family room so uh, there's a lot of stuff that was saved uh, but the house, oh my goodness I don't know, I don't know if I could I could sleep in that house again um, just, you know okay, what are the wiring, is it compromised? Uh, you know, I just, and the memories, like, only last night, the night before, we never really thought too much about the risk of things. Only last night, as my wife and I both in the night were remembering the crackling of the fire, that huge heat, the, 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 the ball of fire, and just how intense that was, um, replaying that in our minds, uh, you know, as we were sleeping this last night, it was the first time that we actually felt at risk. We never felt at risk before until this, this last night where we began feeling how close we were to all of that. So, Do you think uh, it was because the dog was barking? Do you think that that is partially what, what saved the two of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. The poor dog was in distress. 
and uh, um, he was running around loose in the family room. Norman has a little corner there that he he stays in. He's a he's a Sheltie. They're a very very compliant, obedient dog. When he's outside, he barks like mad at everything that moves because he's a sheep herder. But when he's in the house, he's always very quiet, uh, unless he sees something outside, and you know he wants attention. But he's a he's a very quiet. When we go camping, like he is unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it's the same dog. He's you know other people, other campgrounds. He never bothers with them. But when he sees you in the splash park, oh, he has to bark at you because you're another sheep that needs herding. But yes, it was definitely the dog. And, and the fact that my wife doesn't sleep very deeply the way I do. Um, take any two of those out of the equation, and uh, sorry, I wouldn't be here today. Just briefly, back to the cause. So you mentioned uh, electrical or um, uh, an extension cord. That extension cord was, uh, sorry, just tell, that was plugged into the garage or the house, or yeah, that was, was the vehicle? Was, or It was plugged into the garage. Um, whenever I parked my camper, and, and we use our camper a lot, when I bought that thing, that was not to remain parked in storage and so um, we get out whenever we can weekends but anyhow when I come home I always switch we do a lot of boondocking so we use the propane for the fridge but when I get home I got to plug in that fridge we leave stuff in the fridge we don't want mold growing in there so I always flip it over to electrical so it's always plugged in which means that the fridge and the battery charger the maintainer charger are always drawing a small amount of current it just so happened that I don't know when we're preparing for a family get-together on a July-long weekend or whatever it was. I was cleaning up some stuff, and I had some garbage bins. I flipped them over upside down, and the cord must have been under them. So the sharp edge of the garbage bins was indenting. It, it's what we figured was indenting the, uh, the fire investigators who were asking questions, and they, that's where they zeroed in on. So the restriction, the, the pinched wire caused, that's a hot point in the wire, and so it must have slowly, slowly built up heat and heat. And I don't, you know, like, how long does that take? I don't know. But it must have ignited the plastic bins that I use. And, uh, and uh, like, these are, are, these are water softener tanks that I, you know, when I take stuff to the dump, I, yeah, they make good garbage cans, you know, for the salt bin. And, and we had two of them stacked together upside down. So you, the sharp edge of those, the weight is bearing on this cord. And so, uh, yeah, that was... That was where they determined the cause was. So it was not arson. It was not vandalism. It was, uh, um, it was just accidental. Back to the house. Is it salvageable? Are you are you planning to rebuild, restore? Is that even possible? Well, they're going to be sending a, a contractor and and a structural engineer in there. Uh, actually, this morning the firefighters are there. There's about twenty of them there in four trucks, going back and uh, dealing with uh, more flare-ups in the attic. Uh, anyhow, that's just another point. Um, um, they will do do an evaluation whether they feel it can be restored. I mean, the roofs, all the roofs have to be, well, the garages are right off. That's got to be replaced. The roof on the family room is, like, totally shot. So you pull that roof off. It's a cathedral ceiling in there. So you you pull the, all that out, the ceiling and all the wiring and everything that goes with that, and, and then try to rebuild that, uh, like, what do you got left when you're doing that? I, I don't know. The water damage in the walls, have they been pouring water in there? I don't know what you do. You strip that back and finally, you know, what advantage is there? Um, the house itself, it's 110 years old. We've been there, we've been there uh, 38 years. We've owned it for 41. We actually moved in 38 years ago. Uh, we've done a lot of work on that house, uh, uh, you know, uh, improving it. 
um, adjusting it to meet our family's needs and and uh, and uh, doing a lot of restoration work. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know how how they can see that they can restore that. It's you know the. I, I don't know. They, 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 that's their first thing they're going to do is see if that's a possibility. So I don't know. Uh, we're going to be out for as, as long as a year. So we've got to find a place to live. Um, currently for the next three weeks we have a furnished uh, apartment that uh, has been offered to us. And so that, that will bridge us nicely to get, get uh, things together for the long term. So we're very, very thankful for that. Um, Jim, can I can I ask you? Uh, is there any sort of a damage estimate? Did you want to talk about uh, what what the financial loss is? Well, um, it appears that the garage, my outbuildings are insured twice, but only covered once, and it's because it's a they they are classified as a business premises. It comes under my business insurance, even though I'm paying on both insurance policies. You know, they're, they're listed on both insurance policies, but one takes priority over the other. Um, there's a technicality on the house. The square footage that they have for the house does not include our family room, uh, part of which has been part of the equation right from the beginning. Every time we talk about how much we should insure the house for, the conversation has included discussions about, okay, this is our square footage, what's the cost of replacement for that many square footage, and that's how we establish the number. But there's a little thing there in the corner that says, well, it's only 1,420 square feet. Well, that's only those two, 1,400, whatever, those two 720 square foot pieces of the two-story, the upper and lower level. And so uh, the square footage of the family room isn't in there. So I, I hope that the insurance company doesn't let their, their lawyer wolves loose at me. Um, I, I hope that, that their adjuster is allowed to to uh, see the real need and, and the fact that, that, uh, that what they're doing is a ministry to our community. It's, it's, it's a community thing that insurance is a community thing. It always has been. It's where we get together as, 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 as a group of people to pool our resources to help somebody who's going to be in trouble someday. And um, I see people that have been in situations where they've been taken advantage of, where they've been disqualified for a variety of different reasons, and 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 uh, they end up needing to reach out to to charitable organizations for help. Uh, one of which is an organization that I uh, uh, I'm currently involved in, Mennonite Disaster Service, and I see this all the time, and uh, and it hurts me to see what happens to these people. And now I'm in a situation where I'm wondering, well, okay, so how is this going to be handled? But I, I, I need to exercise faith in the people that are on the ground, that are in my community, that are serving me. And I've been reminded by other people that, you know, you got to trust these people. And so I reach out to them, and I and I and I want to apologize for my harsh words. I'm hurting, but yes, we'll we'll come together. We'll we'll make it through this yeah mm. Jim if we can just go back briefly to the history of the home tell us what you know about uh, when the home was built and I guess who the first uh, who the first owner was well the date we seem to have is 1912 so that's 110 years ago 
um, uh, at, at, at that early stage, uh, Steinbach School Division, which we now call Hanover School Division, was uh, one of the earliest registered owners of that house. Um, it was a teacherage. The Julius Taves family, Julius Taves was one of the earliest teachers and principals in the Steinbeck school area. They lived in that house. Um, it was, at that time, it was a single level house with a, with a large attic. And in my research, well, as, as, as I've done renovations and re-roofing and, you know, stripping walls and stuff like that, I've seen, oh, there's a window here that, you know, oh, there used to be a window there, look at that. Well, there used to be a stairway. No, the access to the basement is here, not there. And uh, all kinds of things like that. And even on the roof, I can see, or some of the walls, like, okay, this used to be an outside wall. Now it's a partition between the living room and the, and the, and the main entrance. And, uh, and I look on the roof, and this side of the roof is very uh, sloppily cut. Like something got remodeled here. And this, you know, the, the different, that roof was not the shape that it is right now. And all kinds of things like that. I, I, uh, whenever we do a renovation, we slip a time capsule into the walls. We have a newspaper and all kinds of stuff. We found uh, underneath some old uh, floor she sheet vinyl, uh, we found um, uh, a newspaper clipping that includes um, the Hindenburg fire. Um, okay, which queen is it? Queen Victoria. Where are my kids? They can answer this for me. Uh, my wife, but there's we we found stuff like they used to use newspaper underneath underneath floor sheet uh, uh, like uh, floor vinyl uh, floor sheeting, and uh, and so you would find sh newspapers spread out under there. And of course, those are newspapers of the day, probably unintentional time capsules. We have found immigration uh, paper, not actual immigration papers, but application forms in the walls. Uh, the walls of this house uh, were there's a type of construction called balloon construction where the studs go all the way up to the attic they don't have a wall plate like we do and then they intersect with the rafters the joists uh, fasten onto the side of those studs and the roof rafters fasten on so there's no wall plates and, 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 uh, and uh, floor joist headers like we have in modern construction where you build it one level at a time so if there was stuff in that upper attic the one that I Oh, I don't know if I, yeah, I told you about that. I haven't told the public about that. But anyhow, that roof was raised in 1936. It used to be five feet lower than it is now. And that was just a big attic room with that dormer window that you see on the side of the house. Well, now that dormer window is a vaulted up window above our upstairs stairway. But anyhow, um, uh, and so, you know, stuff that was in the attic would fall down into these open cavity wall studs. And so when we, uh, in 2010, when we uh, emptied all the shavings out of the walls and replaced it with cellulose, uh, we got things like shoes, uh, immigration paper application forms, uh, letters, um, a letter to a friend in university, uh, rather revealing. But anyhow, we won't talk about that. We have lived there. We owned it. We bought it 41 years ago. Uh, we we ended up moving to Alberta, so we didn't get to move in right away. But there was a refugee family living in there at the time. It was being rented uh, for our church group, and uh, a family they were sponsoring. So we only moved in two and a half years later when we came back from Alberta. And so we've been in there 38 years, uh, raised our family there. Uh, two of our kids were born while we lived there. Um, our kids, uh, uh, we've, we've their spouses. Uh, have been welcomed into that house. We've had 13 grandchildren welcomed into that home. 
uh, our house is a truly a family house. Um, we we embrace family. The fact that uh, that house is 110 years old, the way it was built, um, did it burn easier and quicker than a newer house might have? They actually said if it had been a newer house and you know with vinyl siding and aspenate behind it, that would have gone up like a torch. Um, we had wood siding mostly. At the top part, I, I gave up on the old shingle siding that we had in that top five feet, and I got vinyl siding for that. Um, that burnt really quickly. There was styrofoam behind that when we did our energy renovation. That burnt quite quickly. Um, but the boards behind it, there was tongue and groove plank boards behind it that it didn't penetrate. So, um, yeah, it... Um, the family room, of course, is new. That Basically what it did, it got up into the soffits, and in, in both cases, it was mostly up in the attic where it got it up in through the soffits, um, where a lot of the, the fire damage took place. The actual interior of the house never got inflamed, other than our bedroom. You know, the windows, and even, surprisingly, not as bad as it could be, but, you know, you would have died in the smoke. The heat and the smoke would have, would have killed you upstairs, and all four of our bedrooms are up there. Well, three now. We turned one of them into a big bedroom. When you were telling family about the fire, you correct me if I'm wrong, you said that we lost everything, but we're okay. Is that basically what That's you correct. said? Yes. Yes, when I was telling family, I mean, my first vision of this thing, okay, it, when, when it comes to the shop, the truck, the van, and everything I could see from outside, and, and of course my office, I mean, those are the things that feed my family. Those are the things that pays the bills. Uh, and, and I could see that those were a total loss. Um, like, just burnt to a crisp. Like, nothing, nothing. I have not a single tool. I have it on my list today to go out and buy a tool bag and a bunch of tools and a Makita. Just, I got to get something started. Next thing I got to do is get a truck and then somehow figure it out with bins because I need to get that ball rolling again. Um, I'll retire when, when they take me into uh, either when dementia sets in or when they carry me out in a pine box. Uh, that could have been the other day, by the way. Um, uh, I love my work, um, and, and I love the people for whom I work. Uh, they're great. You know, I was a stranger. I, I did not grow up here. In, I did not go to school here in Steinbeck. I'm from Ontario. Uh, I fell in love with a girl here. At a funeral. <laughs> That's a long story. I'm writing a book. I've got all oh, my manuscripts. I saved my manuscripts. I have 300 pages of writing of my life story. It talks a lot about, you know, right from the beginning, uh, including my courtship, my business, our family. Uh, and I'm not done. 300 pages doesn't cover it. It's, and and uh, I was able to restore those. I thought, oh, that's gone. You know, I could start from scratch. Um, but anyhow, but here's a new chapter. This is a chapter I didn't expect I was going to have to write. Um, and so in, in aftermath, I realized the contents of those, there's a lot of contents that can be saved. Um, my wife's kitchen and her dishes, uh, she had just bought a whole bunch of new colorful dishes. My wife is an artist. She loves color. She loves them. And, um, and uh, so, you know, like lot and photo albums, uh, those things are important to her. Um, and, and uh, those were saved, uh, some cleaning, disinfecting, uh, deodorizing, whatever might be needed. But um, 
as far as contents, it's it's amazing. But the structure itself, I I don't have much faith in the structure. I'm just sorry. I, I I'm very skeptical about that. So I don't know. Jim, those are the only questions I have. Is there anything else you wanted to say in closing? Something I wrote early this morning, and I hope I can keep my emotions together as I read this, in response to somebody having posted the, the, uh, the pictures from Steinbeck online yesterday. Um, so here's, here's what I writ- wrote on Facebook in response to that. 41 years ago, we bought this Our Dream House. Due to a move to Alberta, we only moved in Christmas of 1983. We raised our four kids here, two of whom were born while we were here. We welcomed their spouses and all 13 grandchildren over the years to feel welcomed within these walls. Excuse me. We taught them to honor and serve our great God It is that great God who saw fit to wake us in the early hours, July 6, 2022, at 12.22 a.m., to escape with our lives and our dear Sheltie Billy. We have been surrounded by loving family, friends, and neighbors. Praise be to God. 